Support for IPR comes from Corridor Vein Center and Corridor Aesthetics, treatment for varicose veins and spider veins, also providing facial rejuvenation services and treatment for moderate to severe acne. More at Corridor Vein and Corridor Aesthetics.com. Today is Monday. It is the 29th of January. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Michael Leland. Parents and teachers came out in force in North Liberty yesterday against proposed changes to area education agencies. IPR's Zachary Orrin-Smith has more. When Brittany McDonald was a kid, she had a special education plan to work on her speech. Now, a parent of three children, the local AEA is helping her 10-year-old daughter catch up on reading skills lost over the pandemic. McDonald says she's concerned about the impact changes to the AEA could have on the support that her daughter receives at school. She worked so hard on her sounds and practicing, and it because the AEA was able to come into school and have the evaluation for her and for to get the resources she needs, it's just amazing. Since its release, Governor Kim Reynolds has walked back the scope of her original proposal. Now, she would allow AEAs to continue providing general education services that request them so long as the state approves. State policies in Iowa should do more to promote the science of reading. That's according to a recent report comparing reading laws around the country. That story from IPR's Grant Gerlach. The science of reading is another name for research that reveals how children learn to read. The National Council for Teacher Quality recently found Iowa standards in that area are weaker than most other states. Executive Director Heather Pesky says it's appropriate that Iowa lawmakers are now proposing changes. She says one thing Iowa should do is list phonics and other core components of the science of reading as part of education standards. And she says the state should publish a list of the best reading curriculum. It kind of serves almost as though it's like a consumer protection device. Many districts don't have the capacity to review curriculum materials themselves. Some of them might not even have much of an expertise in this. A bill in the Iowa Senate would list the components of the science of reading in education standards for kindergarten through third grade. The leader of Iowa's House Democrats says there's troubling testimony in new court documents about the state investigation of sports gambling among Iowa and Iowa state athletes. House Minority Leader Jennifer Confer says the way the Division of Criminal Investigation appears to have initiated the probe raises questions. Obviously, it's frustrating to see that um, there's this kind of dysfunction, this kind of lack of accountability in an organization as important as, as important as this agency. Court documents say a longtime DCI agent who asked to be taken off the case alleged the agency had conducted an illegal search of the athlete's online bets because it had not obtained a warrant. Governor Kim Reynolds told Radio Iowa last week the state's public safety commissioner is getting ready to provide more information about the investigation. Converse made her comments last week on Iowa PBS's Iowa Press. This month's heavy snow, then deep freeze, and now warmer temperatures have helped produce an early crop of potholes on many Iowa roads. Bob Ellis is the Iowa Department of Transportation's District 1 maintenance manager. He says DOT crews fanned out across the state, filling in those craters as fast as they can find them. Right now we're putting in what we call a cold mix, so it's a a blend of rock chips, oil, and some sand that we put in it temporarily to fill the hole. And then the spring, we'll come back and do more of a permanent fix, whether it be oil and chips, rock chips to fill it in, or a 
determine it more full depth or partial depth batch. You can report potholes on interstates, Iowa number routes, and U.S. highways to the Iowa DOT's maintenance manager located closest to the problem road. A report from the State Education Department says about two-thirds of the 17,000 Iowa students who got taxpayer-funded financial assistance to attend private school this year were already attending private school. Cedar Rapids Gazette says about 2,000 students had attended a public school last year. Another 3,500 were just entering kindergarten. It's here first from IPR News. I'm Michael Leland. This IPR podcast is supported by Cultivating Compassion, the Dr. Richard Deming Foundation, fostering causes that enrich the community, generate understanding, and cultivate compassion, including above and beyond cancer. There were nearly 200 subcommittee hearings last week on different legislative proposals, and there are more to come this week. IPR State Government reporter Katarina Sestarek is here to talk about some of the bills that have moved forward and some that could come up next. Hey, Katarina. Good morning, Michael. So this week, there's a public subcommittee hearing scheduled on a bill that would remove gender identity from Iowa's civil rights law. The concept's been proposed in the past years. Why is this year any different? It's different because Republican leaders have previously declined to hold hearings on these bills when they were proposed in the past, but this year it's been scheduled for a hearing. And I don't know if this bill will actually advance or not, but it's also different this year because the state's civil rights law protects Iowans from discrimination on the basis of race, creed, color, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity, national origin, religion, ancestry, or disability. This bill would strike gender identity from that list, but it would add gender dysphoria as a disability, and that's a new idea here. So what would that mean for transgender Iowans? Some think that adding gender dysphoria to the disability category means there would still be some protections for transgender people under Iowa law. But according to the ACLU of Iowa, this bill would allow discrimination against transgender Iowans in employment, housing, and public accommodations like hotels and restaurants. So last week, we talked about the governor's plan to overhaul special education in the state and that she already agreed to walk back part of it after speaking with Republican leaders. Has that moved forward at all? No, it hasn't. There still hasn't been a subcommittee on the governor's area education agencies bill. And as of Friday, there still wasn't even an amendment available to look at. Under the current bill, schools would have to decide by April 30th whether or not they would want to keep getting special education services through their current AEA. So it seems like the governor thought this would move quickly in the legislature. But it's not clear when we'll see movement on this. And you reported the states moving forward with funding anti-abortion pregnancy centers. And at the same time, Republican lawmakers are considering a bill that would allow the state to do that. What's going on? Well, a couple years ago, GOP lawmakers decided to start sending taxpayer dollars to anti-abortion pregnancy centers, and the law they passed says the state needs to hire a third-party administrator to handle that. But after two attempts, they weren't able to find a suitable administrator. So last week, the Department of Health and Human Services announced that it already chose four organizations that run anti-abortion pregnancy centers to be the first providers under this program. And last week, lawmakers also advanced a bill that would authorize the department to run the program without that third-party administrator. But apparently the state decided they didn't need to wait for that to become law and they're just going to get the program started anyway after this long delay. They're saying that they just want to get resources to pregnant women as soon as possible. And Democrats have been opposed to all of this. They say that the state money should go to real health care providers instead. Lawmakers have made a lot of changes to laws around child care in the last few years. What are they considering now? 
House Republicans advanced a bill last week that would allow 16- and 17-year-olds to work alone in baby and toddler daycare classrooms without an adult. There would have to be at least two adults working in the facility, but they wouldn't have to be in the classroom. And so lawmakers recently allowed 16- and 17-year-olds to care for school-age kids, but state child care regulators say they're concerned about this proposal it would allow minors to care for four infants or seven two-year-olds at a time. And the Republican lawmakers who support this say that it'll help ease workforce shortages in child care. All right. What else are you watching? I'll be watching to see if any of the governor's priorities move forward this week. None of those have been advanced yet. All right. IPR state government reporter Katarina Sestarek, thanks a lot for joining us. Thanks, Michael. And that's here first from IPR News. I'm Michael Leland. Have a great day.